years ago when we moved to Hungary, we did outreach and one of the, we had a, a paper, you know, eight by 11 piece of paper, maybe half of it was, you know, about our meeting in like small print and it was taped up in a subway stop. And Esther was coming up the escalator and she was just kind of like, a, there's a big, big room, it's a subway. And she just went over to that piece of paper and read the address, wrote it down, and came to our meeting. Uh, she was in our, one of our, our first, uh, our first Bible school semester. We had 16 students, and she was one of them. And then, uh, Bendigus came in, uh, to the church, and he was a young guy, and, and, uh, so, Esther was also a missionary in Baku, Graduated and then um, uh, she married Bendigus, and then they had a son, and this is Jambor over here, and so um, and Jambor in Hungary, growing up and learning and being in the ministry, and then by faith coming here to go to Bible school. And uh, and I've just watched his faith and what's in his heart and his that God's giving him grace. God is loving him, and he's made, made you know great decisions to be here and to study and to follow the Lord with all his heart. So he's going to share with us tonight. Let's start off with a word of prayer, okay? Because I need it, don't we? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Usher us, please, into your throne room tonight. Please, just help us to hear from you. Please, Jesus. Speak to me and speak to all of us, please, God. Amen. A while ago, Pastor Shabelli once asked me, like, how are you doing? And I just said, oh, I'm just learning to trust God right now. He said, like, yeah, we're all, we're all learning that to the end of our lives. And I was like, praise God. Because <laughs> it's like, am I the only one here? You know, am I the only one having trouble trusting God sometimes? But he's like, no, we're all learning to do that. So I was like, praise God, you know. So um, trusting God. What a huge subject. If you would turn with me to uh, Psalm 145 for just a quick second. Verse 17. It reads, The Lord is righteous 
in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Do we dare to believe this? Do I dare to believe that God is righteous in all his ways and that he is kind in all his works? Do I always see that in my life? And uh, the answer is maybe no. I don't know. There's this amazing story in John. Uh, if you would turn with me. John chapter 11. And verse 3. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But Jesus heard, when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Amazing. You can say this tonight. Jesus, now Jesus loves me. Okay? Jesus loves me. This I know. First thing we learn. What's the next verse? Verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed there. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Like, what? I, I, I thought you just said, like, you love, you love them. You love me. But he said, no, he stayed there for, for two more days. God, the one whom you love is sick. Come on, are you going to come and help? And he said, yeah, I, I love them. It's a, it, it, it gave us a confirmation. They, they, don't, they don't just say, God, whom you, Jesus, whom you love is ill. But it says that Jesus loved them. We know for sure that Jesus loves them. He says, but he stayed there for two more days. Do I dare to believe what we just read in Psalm 145, that God is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works? After reading this, I could be just shocked. God, are you kind in all your ways? Would you turn with me over to Matthew chapter um, 27? To verse 41. So verse 41 in chapter 27. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and, he will, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he di- desires him. Uh, we all know how the story ended. Did he, he says, if he trusts in God, like, let God deliver him if he desires him. Do I know in Song of Solomon that it says that God's desire is for me? He desires me and maybe I trust God a little bit, a teeny bit. But I'm, we're learning to trust God. It says, if you trust God, let God deliver him. Isn't this what so often we see? Maybe your, the projections in your head say this. And Psalm 3 is a great example of this. Many rise against me and say, oh, where is your God? Will he save you now? Don't, do you get those kind of thoughts or is that just me? Cause I, I do get them. Where is, if you trust in God, then will he save you? It's a big question. If you trust God and if God's desires for, for him, he will save him. Do I dare to believe that God is righteous in all his ways and kind is all his works? Cause I think it all depends on this. 
do I do what, what Pastor Schaller is saying, like, do I, can I keep these things outside? And that's what Psalm 3 talks about. That when I lift, if we can even turn there if we want to. Uh, Psalm chapter 3, amazing Psalm. It says, but you, verse 3, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Say, many say there's no salvation in God, but he says, but you, but you, O Lord, but God. The greatest, perhaps, two words in the whole Bible, but God. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but God. And all these things. Many come against me, many rise against me, but God. But God. And I trust him that he over and over says in the Bible, in Psalm 119, verse 138, That he appoints his testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. Do I dare to meditate upon those testimonies that God has done in my life? Or again in Psalm 25 it says that all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. All. Every single one of them. And what happened in John 11 and what happened in Matthew 28, 27 and then 28. What happened later in John 11? We saw something amazing. And this is also what Jesus said in John 9. Why is he sick? Why is he blind? Why can't he see? I don't know. Why Why do I have this trouble in my life right now? Why do I have this? Why is this going on or that going on? And I cry to God and God stays there for two more days? What? But isn't this perhaps the idea behind the whole thing that God is teaching me these things little by little? Line upon line, here a little, there a little, that God is faithful, that I will learn to trust Him, that I will trust Him that all His ways are kind and faithful to me. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love upheld me. Come on. God is teaching us tonight to trust Him more and more. And maybe I don't see Him. He says, oh, if you trust Him, save Him from the cross. But maybe God is teaching me tonight to embrace that cross. If Andrew said this one time, and I'll, I'll never forget it. If the cross could satisfy God, how could it not satisfy me? And amen to that. If God accepted, it completely satisfied God, the cross, how can it leave me unsatisfied? And God is teaching me through this. That, that what, what pastor, we heard again and again, and thank you for all our pastors and all our teachers who, who teach about the cross to us. That yes, there is this cross, but guess what? In, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says we are buried in weakness and raised in power. That it's we're buried, imperishable, and we're raised in imperishable. That all these things that are put to death, they're perishable, they're weak, I'm a slave to them, and all these things in my life I try to hold on, but it says, if I dare to go to that cross, I'll be raised in power and raised in imperishable. Come on. And and I can learn through these trials in my life, and maybe the tests, that God is faithful in all His ways. That He is righteous and He is kind. And His desire is for me. And He loves me very much. And I can learn to depend on Him. And as Pastor Shalos says, that we can just come here to the closet and I'm satisfied with God and I'm good. And I know, I know that He is kind in all His ways and faithful in all His works. Right? Amen?
Okay, that's a problem with service order. That song sort of came first. Okay, stand up, please, and uh, go to someone and share joy, you know. You got uh, veteran Marion Frankenhauser down here. You can high-five her. She loves that. <laughs> okay, you may be seated. Let's turn in our... In the word, hey, how are, how are, isn't that fun just to be here? Just fun, just encouraging. Uh, Jean Moore gave an excellent, God answered his prayer, didn't he? Our prayer. Wow. You know, to think that uh, God raising up uh, uh, somebody from Hungary, somebody from Poland, somebody from Finland, somebody in Ghana, uh, somebody in Peru, to think that God does that, isn't that amazing? And we, that's our prayer. And, and the, uh, all servants, male and female, and uh, we, we spoke this morning about entering into the closet and uh, shutting the door, and that was two weeks ago, I believe. And, um, and then this morning... And tonight I want to uh, just touch on a few things regarding that. And and this is from Matthew chapter 7 and verse uh, 13. Enter in by the narrow gate. I think the, the best way to preach this message is to have you uh, talk back to me and help me. I, I mean, I know what I want to do, but I want you to enjoy it. And this is verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter in by it are many. This is English Standard Version. For the gate is narrow, the way is hard, that leads to life, and those who find it are few. All right. Narrow gate, narrow way. Uh, I, I want to give you a warning for all of us. I felt it in my own heart. I don't like the narrow way. I don't like it. I like the big, broad way. How about you? I went, nope, he, he, over here there's a man of God. And he said, nope, nope. Yay, God. Yay, God. So uh, there are people, they, they don't like it, like what we teach, what we preach, what we believe. They don't like it. Uh, and, then, uh, and then you like it when you enter in the closet and you are in communion with God. God can tell you things. And put them in your heart. And when you go back out, you just say, uh, the way is narrow to get in there. But after you get in there, it's very broad. Because it's God. Who could be broader than God? How, how could it be any better? So the entry is narrow. And they go, no, I, I don't want to be an evangelical. I don't want to be carrying my Bible around with me. I don't want to be submitted to the Bible. 
I, I don't want to have a narrow view on anything. I want to be open and wide and everybody, maybe one day all of us will go to heaven. Uh, maybe every religion is okay. Maybe it's okay. Just don't talk to me about a narrow way. Don't, don't show me. Don't tell me the way is narrow. That's how it, it is, okay? So now you got to turn to your neighbor and talk about that and ask them and be honest. Do you like the narrow way or the broad way? Maybe today you like the narrow way because you're in the church. But this weekend you like the broad way. All right, listen. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there were people sitting here 20 years ago, and they would say, I want the narrow way. I found the narrow way. I went into the presence of God. I was in these meetings. I had prayer meetings in my house. I had so much joy and satisfaction, and, and that's how they lived. I, I guarantee you. And then they changed. And they said, I want the Broadway. I don't want to hear it. I don't ever want to go to that church again. That's a cult. I don't ever want to go. I don't want to believe like those people. I don't don't want to do that again. And that's real. Look at Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets. Now, I'm not saying those people are false prophets. That's not my point. But my point is that the world is against this narrow way. world has a lot to say about us in the narrow way. Our whole culture is cultivating and developing the broad way. It is so broad that a little girl can be a little boy. That's how broad, that's how wild it is and how crazy it is. You can interpret reality any way you want to, but don't believe in Christ. You can be New Age this and New Age that and witchcraft this and witchcraft that. You can do anything, believe anything. You can tear up the Bible in little pieces. You can cut it and change it and do all kinds of For centuries it's been done. Voltaire, Thomas Jefferson had his own Bible. He cut out all the miracles and all the declarations of Christ being the Son of God. And he had his own Bible. Always there has been. The broad way. And the broad way, they like it. They live in it. That's how they live. And they don't like us, what we say and what we think. And don't be surprised that one day you would change and say, I don't like it either. I don't want it again. I don't want to go by the Bible. I don't want God to tell me things. I don't want this man to rule over me. Luke 19, verse 14. That's the nature of our nature. That's our nature. That's called our sin nature. That's called our flesh. And this is called uh, Satan's strategy. We are not ignorant of his devices, 2 Corinthians 2.11. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. I have a lot to say about it, but maybe it's just best to be short about say what I want to say and then just be happy and go home. I don't know what to do right now about this, but 
You got to know. I, I, it's on my heart. It's been on my heart for a while because I saw it in myself. I have heard it and I've seen it. I understand it in many ways because we have lived this way for decades. I love the narrow way. I do. It's the only way I'm satisfied. It's the only way that, that makes sense to me. By the way, uh, in theology, there's what's called a higher criticism and lower criticism, and basically it's an analysis of the writers of the Bible. Uh, it's analyzing historical context and writers and so on, and it's a science that I have no interest in. I have no interest in it. I never studied it. I touch it by, by the things I read. I, I realize they say this and that. But it's like I have no interest in it because I have a very different perspective of this book. It's like the narrow way and then on my knees in prayer reading it as the word of God. Now, did, was this Daniel number one or Daniel number two? I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't study that. I don't think like that. I think the book of Daniel is the word of God. And I'm down on my knees with the word of God, hearing what God has to say to me in my heart so that I can live a different way. Okay? Now, the devil is against this narrow way. Now, let's go to one example. And we'll look at it, and we'll finish up here. Look at Genesis chapter 6 and verse, oh, where are we, verse 8, uh, 7. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, I am sorry that I have made them. So the Lord is like done. He's done with the whole creation. He's done with man. He's done with everything that he made. Isn't that amazing? And then, he, then it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. All right. So we have an example here of the broad way that men go. How many millions or how, 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 what was the population of the world at the time of Noah? Uh, we, we could say millions, but some even, some Bible teachers say that there's an, there, it could be there were billions of people on the earth. We don't know. But how many found the grace of God, the, the way of God? There was this one guy. Now, uh, uh, let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 7. Praise the Lord. Yep. So I have some, we have some slides here that break this verse down. Verse 7. Here's the first part. By faith, Noah. Verse 7 being warned by God. There are, I think I have, uh, is, it, is it six or seven? There's one, let's see, 
One, two, three, four, five, six pieces of this one verse, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God. So that's, that's profound. I don't know what it was about Noah. Did he come to that closet, so to speak? Did he come to that place where the Trinity is talking to him and he's saying, I'm available, I'm believing you? And God could say, yeah, but the broad way, everybody goes in the broad way. You Don't you like the broad way, Noah? Come on, the broad way, it's easy. It's the easy way. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about the Bible or church or the mission or prayer or anything. You just live in the broad way. It's very easy. Go ahead, live in the broad way. That's how you, you should live. You should live in the broad way. But Noah is like saying, like God, I want you. What's it going to cost me? Your whole life, your heart, what do you want? We go the broad way, and of course, that's, what, that's the whole idea of the devil, because if you go the broad way, these six things mentioned in this verse, let's look at them quickly here. By faith being warned of God. He was warned of God. Like, what does God say, like, in the closet? Like, Noah, I'm telling you about the future. I'm warning you. It's coming down. It's coming down. And Noah is saying, what do you mean? And God is saying, it's not good. It's not good. Oh, okay. Bye-bye. Done. I'm done. And now he goes, are you warning me? Are you warning me of, of judgment? Are you warning me of hell? Are you warning me that my life could be destroyed? Are you warning me that maybe I'd be treading water one day? Are you warning me that you're bringing it down? Are you warning me? How are you talking to me? And God is saying, by faith, Noah... By faith, he was there with God, and he was warned by God. The Broadway doesn't do that. The Broadway is not telling you that you're going to end up floating face down. The Broadway does not tell you that this drug will take you out, or this friendship will break your heart. Or the coming of Christ is imminent. So, number two, he was warned of God concerning events as yet unseen. This is the English Standard Version, which is what I just said. You know, when you live by faith, God is going to talk to you. When you live by faith, you're going to be warned by God. When you live by faith, there's going to be things that are going to happen, and God is going to speak, really, 
when you live by faith, you, you know, God is going to help you in your life. And this is what he did. He was warned of God, and then the next slide is this one. In reverent fear. Where'd that come from? I, I don't know, but I've had it. How about you? Like, I have a reverent respect. Like, are you kidding me? It's like, you, you, is this for real? This is what the Broadway does not have. Broadway doesn't have that reverent fear. They're just playing a game. It's like Russian roulette or just playing a game of odds or it's probable this or that. But this is like uh, another thing that's happening in his heart. It's beautiful. Reverend Fear, he constructed an ark. He acted. His faith was transferred to activity. He made an ark. Because he had a lot of respect for what he heard. That's like us. Maybe nobody is with you in the closet and you shut the door, but in that closet there's something going on from the Holy Spirit and you have reverent fear for it. It's not a joke. Heaven is real. Hell is real. The ministry is real. The gospel is real. People's lives are changed. Someone like Jean Boer is ministering to us tonight because of something that happened decades ago in the hearts of people that made decisions. And God's hand is on that family, and he does something. And that we are in a closet, and we're saying with reverent fear, uh, this mission is a very real thing. We're building an ark. Because that's God. Because God is saying, I'm done, but I've got Noah. And Noah is in a secret place with me. And there's something going on in his heart, and I can use him. Because that thing that is in his heart is sacred. And that's like the story of your life. In a way, I'm preaching to the choir because I know your lives. I know that you have done this, but it's beautiful, beautiful to rehearse it and think about it. That what the Lord does, and he's not done with any of us, and we're not perfect people, and we get discouraged or empty or lonely or hurt or whatever it is. I know. And that's when you're vulnerable to the broad way. Because the broad will say, come on and be with us. Life is easy. It's a game. It's a it's like, come on, be with us. Don't, don't take it so heavy. It's not heavy. Just relax. Relax. Have your life. Live your life. You don't need that. In, in one sense, I understand what they're saying. But when I'm with them and partying with them, I also look around and say, is this all there is? Is this all there is? Is this just a... a, a Drinking fest or party time or relationships. And what are we talking about? Where's God in this? God? Prayer to God? Waiting on God? No. So we come back and we say, where is that narrow gate? Where is that way where, where things are wrong? And God says it's wrong, and leave it at the door. 
When God says, come before me, but leave your stuff at the door or at the cross, where's that way? Where the Spirit will fill me and satisfy me and satisfy, satisfy my longing. You know, Augustine's great uh, philosophy, which was basically, um, a baby craves milk, so there must be milk. A fish crave, wants water, so where is the water? And a human being craves God, so where is God? There has to be a God, a living God, bigger than the creation, greater than the broad way, greater than our flesh in our own way. There has to be something more. And that's why Christ came, to show us the way and give us a secret place. Moses found it. He constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And I would say he would be like us. And he'd stand back from that big heart and say, how did this happen? And look at his gnarled hands and his team of people, whoever they were, that he subcontracted out to do this and that. And however the whole thing went down, we don't know. But he engineered it. God told him how to do it. And he could step back from that big ship, that ark, and say, how? Thank you, God. Thank you. How did this happen? It's kind of like us being in the ministry and standing back and saying, God, have you really touched the hearts of people? Have you really changed them? Have you really saved them? Have you really put your spirit in them? Did you give them a desire? How did you do that, God? God say, I have done it. I built the ark, and I used you, Noah. I made the ministry, but I use you people. I, I sent my son so this would not be in vain. There'd be a narrow way, and you would actually love the narrow way. You look for it. Tell me again, Lord what's right and what's wrong from your mind. Tell me again and show me what it means and teach me and lead me in the way. Amen. Okay, last one. It's this one. This is what Noah did. He condemned the world. What does that mean? Through which he condemned the world. Do you know what it means? At the end of the day, where's the Broadway people? Where's the Broadway? What do you got? You got nothing. You got nothing. And then they look over here and they see the ark floating in the water and they go, what do you got? And Noah say, I got God. And God did this. And I believe God. And the way was narrow. But I found it. And look at what happened. I've got God. I, and we would say, I've got treasure in heaven. My life is not in vain. I got, I got joy in my heart. I can go to sleep at night with peace. We have sisters and brothers. We have a divine purpose. What, what can we say? And Manoah's not boasting. He's in tears. He's in tears. Why me? Why me? How did this happen? How did I get to be here? How did this happen? And the Lord will say, because the narrow way 
You didn't kick against it. You, you walked in it, and you walked in the gate which was narrow, and you found my love. You found my grace. You found my mind. You found my heart. And I love the dear people that are in the broad way. I love every one of them. I love everyone. I'm not willing. I have no delight in the death of the wicked. I have no pleasure in their death. I have no pleasure in anybody's pain. I have no pleasure in their de- uh, the, any, any deception, any lie, any false prophet, any false teacher, any mis- uh, you know, wrong. I, I don't, I'm not enjoying that. I'm not willing that any man would perish. But what can I do? I gave everything. I gave Christ. I gave my son. So what is the last one in verse 7? He became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. The water will look at point onto that ark and say, Noah, you're a righteous man. You're an heir of the righteousness. Noah, that you're, you're, you're my guy. You did it. You trusted me. You did it. And you, you, it's, it's reality is speaking. So um, in your heart, in my heart, when I'm drawn to the narrow, the broad way, and our culture is filled with this. They love the Broadway. They, they, love, they think this is the only reality, the Broadway. Whatever I want, they love it until they lie down in sorrow. And they will look up one day. They will sometimes in their trouble in life, they'll wonder, is the world lying to me? Is there another way? And, and we are here in the world to fulfill a purpose. Uh, we can be tempted to be proud about it, but don't be. Let's not be proud about it. We could be tempted to say, I told you so, or to have a spirit like that. Let's not be like that. Let's be like Jesus, who, who, who says with love and humility that how can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I, how can I speak to you to help you find what you really are looking for? Okay. Lord Jesus, this is a meditation for us and I ask you to put it in our hearts that that we would all our lives want to be humble before you and hurt us, Lord, if you want. If that's what, then, then go ahead, chastise us or uh, shake our world or help us relate to you and be humble before you and hear from you. And we will benefit from that. And then give us a ministry to people that react against this message and that they would also find the life in it, the joy of it.
In Jesus' name we pray. And then anyone who hasn't come to God with all your baggage, come as you are. And I come to God and say, here I am. Here I am. This is all that I am. And I ask you to be my God and teach me and guide me and lead me and fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.